scent of the delicious aroma of apples. The crowd was unusually silent. Everyone was bent over, eyes glued to the sand, desperately trying to grab apples before a neighbor got to them. From the dunes, it looked like a swarm of ants cautiously trying to stay out of each other's way, but still covetous of every single apple. Old Marat, who could speak with the dead, so they said, dragged a half-full sack up the dunes, her face taut with the effort. Two old men carried a heavy crate between them, which they had to put down every few steps. A mother with a baby wrapped tight to her chest had folded her skirt up, revealing her pale legs, to make a basket for the apples. A stray dog shoved one of them back and forth with its nose, and two boys were filling their caps. A small child sat down in the wet sand and tried to bite into an apple, crying loudly when it couldn't. Entire families had banded together and were picking up whatever they could. Some of them could already imagine the perfume of baked apples. Even toothless old Wilhelmina, who couldn't really walk anymore, had been set down on the beach by her daughter-in-law to try her luck. She was sitting there trying to fish out the fruits with a stick. Apples were rare on Zild, especially in January. A gaunt woman shoved someone aside with her hip, and a little girl squealed as another child darted in front of her. There, look, there's another. T. Sinan, one of the few men participating in the hunt, pointed to an apple that was partly hidden by beach grass. Marin straightened, pushed a strand of hair off her face, and smiled at Tees. As usual, when she looked at him, she felt her heart grow warmer. They had been together for more than a year, and it was common knowledge that they would marry one day. T. Sinan, the most handsome young man on the island. True, he wasn't rich, but he was strong and dependable. His chest was broad like the chests of the men who loaded the ships in the harbor. And his blonde hair always looked as though he'd just walked in out of a storm. His blue eyes gleamed. What are you thinking about? He asked. Should I be worried? Marin laughed with genuine pleasure. Isn't this wonderful? She said waving a hand at her willow basket, already more than half full. Of course, it doesn't mean we won't have to go hungry again before spring, but it's certainly helpful. Oh, I can already taste the apple cake. Most of the residents of Zilt were terribly poor. Many of the men went out in their fishing boats to catch herring, but the herring population had been declining for years, and their nets often came back empty. Others went on whaling ships to Greenland, but even that was uncertain. The earnings were contingent upon how many whales they caught. It often seemed as though the whalers came home with less than when they'd left because not every ship found whales to hunt. Only the captains and officers of the whaling ships had a guaranteed income, receiving payment even if their ships returned empty to the harbor. Many of them could even afford to build solid frisian houses with reed roofs. Of course, not in the village of Rantum, which was built on the narrowest part of the island and was completely exposed to the whims of the weather, helpless before the forces of nature. Between the North Sea on the west side and the Vaden Sea on the east, the land could be crossed in about a thousand paces. By God, it wasn't much. And after every storm, there was a little bit less. There were hardly any meadows, no trees, and absolutely no arable land. Only the dunes, covered in beach grass, creeping willow, crowberry, yellow beach roses, and sea holly. 
A sheep could barely find enough to eat there, and certainly no cow. Bog heather grew in the valleys between the dunes, and occasionally marsh gentian, which could be brewed into a healthful elixir. Sea buckthorn, which the people of Zilt made into punch, preserves, and juice grew there too. Otherwise, the landscape was sparse and not exactly blessed with color. Especially not in January, when the dune plants were all murky shades of gray and brown. The houses, or rather huts, of Rontum clung to the Vaden Sea side of the dunes, to find at least a little protection from the strong winds. The clotheslines fluttered with shirts, breeches, and skirts, and also, always, fishing nets. Dried sheep dung for heating was piled against the sheltered side of the houses, and in the most protected corners were little plots of kale. The houses were small, just a kitchen with box beds and a living room. Well,